Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How much is the fish, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Football Ramble. Wins for Fulham and Leicester. It's Tuesday, 3rd of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jim Campbell. Welcome, one and all, to a terrific Tuesday on the Football Ramble. Wins for Fulham and Brendy Rogers Leicester. What a show Ooh. we've got for you today. You are like a dog with a number of appendages this morning, aren't you? <laughs> got your scooter reference in as well at the start. Come How much is the fish? Yeah, don't know. Every, every minute, every hour. Yeah. Find the power, take a shower. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. If you're unfamiliar with the band Scooter, then... Uh, <laughs> Well, you've got a fun afternoon ahead of you. As you pointed out once, Jim, why are you worried about taking a shower when you're desperate to know how much the fish are exactly. costing? Yeah, the two things don't don't lend lend well to each other, do they? Just is get that, down the fishmongers, figure it out, is that have a really shower later. The sort of jo- after the after you go to the fishmongers, mm. crying out loud, is that really the sort of music scooter? Sorry, scooter <laughs> that, that you can enjoy inside, though. It's more the sort of music that you enjoy outside. Yeah, with a number of other like-minded people. Yes, Andy. I bet you've been to some impressive fish markets, having been a you know a well-travelled man. Yes, I like Valencia's. Do you know what I was thinking? Malaga has got a great one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It It really does. Do you know Malaga is very underrated? Is it because you think of like the old boozy Brits and so, but they all go to sort of Marbella and Torremolinos. And by the way, it's always worth a little visit to those places just to remember who you are, Jim Campbell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But Malaga is a fine city. I recommend it. Not you can't go. Really nice, of course. And I have to say, there's nothing better in a Spanish fish market than ordering some fish Mm -hmm. to take home and cook, and being served it by a man with a fish in one hand and a Uh cigarette in the other. Nice. (laughs) Great. Well, he's smoking a kipper. <laughs> so, so Malaga has that. Is that? Is it got that thing where you know all of the sort of mm. the nearby rowdy places are sort of a bit separate from it? Cause oh, they're, they're train rides away. Oh, right. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought I thought you meant like in the in the city centre because Brighton actually has the greatest bit of town planning in in the whole of Britain. I'm going to say it, which is where um, the West Street, mm-hmm. which is the street. Um, I think it's called West Street. I've not been there for a while. Uh-huh. Is the, which is the street where all the people on stags and hens go. Oh yeah. You literally walk out of the station, yes. walk down it. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I know there's the Weatherspoons. There's a club. Yeah. All these things down there, Andy. (laughs) All the things that like uh, they basically suck those people in, so everyone else can just go about with their their day. All the balonderie is kept in that same. Oh, we have a good laugh at you, losers. Yeah, (laughs) missing out on the strip, (laughs) the Brighton strip. You do, I bet you do. (laughs) Oh, ladies, well, obviously, um, there there were Premier League matches last night, and it's odd to talk about Malaga as we're in November and nobody Mm. can travel. I mean, it's odd to talk about Scooter. (laughs) We we did it. It's keeping your powder dry, I'd say. You know, Um, but yes, let's let's go straight to. Oh, lovely Leicester uh, beating Leeds uh, 4-1. Oh, Brendy was purring. My my players were tactically brilliant. I'd love to hear him purr, (laughs) like actually purr in that accent. It's not hard to imagine. No, it's not. Andy, we were amazing. 
We've got so many players out and right across the team, it was a really good team performance. I love that. Tactically brilliant. We were amazing. He basically was like, did you see that? We absolutely dicked them. He's not wrong though, is he? No, he's not. They were absolutely superb. Because in in the first half, it was... But arguably the most dominant performance I've seen this season from anyone. Well, they were fortunate that uh, yes. Bamford missed the they chance. They were, but, but the they, fact I mean, is they that went, did happen. They went down the other end and scored, and obviously because of a mix-up, but uh-huh. then they, they had such control of the game from that point that Leeds were making a lot of really sloppy mistakes and looked very uncharacteristically nervous, actually. And they looked a little bit like... And they looked like they were trying to avert disaster. Obviously, mm. when Leicester get that second goal, you think it might might be all kind of might be a difficult afternoon but mm. then they score really early in the second half Leeds look on top but then Leicester just sucker punch them well Leicester are so devastating on the break yeah and do, do you not think like Leicester were uh, Leicester kind of overwhelmed Leeds a little bit in in a way that teams don't tend yeah, to yeah. really is Leeds who do the overwhelming so fit. generally isn't it yeah exactly yeah and I, I think that you're right Leeds did really well to come back from that hole and 2-0 uh, and, and, and come back into the game but I think someone when we were um, talking about it on our WhatsApp group was saying Jamie uh, Jamie Vardy's had three Red Bulls this morning <laughs> and it did feel like that yeah, and probably another three at lunchtime as yeah. well. Helps him run around like a nut job. Yeah. The omelettes <laughs> and the Red Bulls. Yeah. If you remember that from a few years ago. I hope that's <laughs> still what he does before a game. I don't know about the Skittles in vodka. Maybe he's off the Maybe Rogers has got him off the Skittles in vodka. Maybe that's it. Yeah, retire from England. Stop soaking Skittles in vodka <laughs> and you'll prolong your career. <laughs> I mean, he's, he does look like a That doesn't Tiger. sound very well-reasoned to me. No, I don't. However he's using him, he's using him very well because mm, it feels yeah. as if he's making sure he doesn't wear himself out in this oh, early yeah, yeah. part of the season yeah. as well, which the, is, is, is really sensible. The efficiency of Vardy's game now is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Oh, he's, he's, he's different class. But honestly, I was joking aside, like, Brendan Rodgers looks like he has got all the bits between his teeth. I he mean, really he was, does. honestly, at mm. the end of the game... What, talk- a, what a set of gnashes they are. <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's a magnificent <laughs> yes. set of teeth oh, anyway. It, it all, it's all brilliant, but he's properly, like, hands on hips, like, yeah. No, we. Mm. I mean, it's not me, ladies and gentlemen. This time, who's saying they're on the verge? It's him. And who are we? Uh, and it's them. Yeah, it is. They're <laughs> showing it. They're not well, saying it. Well, I've, honestly, the, the the figure he cuts. I've not seen this. Obviously, at Celtic, he cleaned up. He was, mm. you know, did a brilliant job up there. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but this kind of figure he's cut. Now, I haven't seen it really this side of the border since that Liverpool season mm. when, when of course they came very, very close. They, they, what are they sort of second in the league, just just behind Liverpool. I mean, they are playing very well, Andy. The thing is, Leicester do prefer it when teams try and attack them and try and come onto them. Yes. Which is, of course, what Leeds do played into their hands. They've they've got a number. What is it? Four away wins now on on the trot, something like that. Leicester. So it is the games like the home games against West Ham, which got a bit buried with all those other strange results yes, that day of course that's true. but it was an odd result um, so it will be interesting can they do can they become Leicester's uh, Ranieri's Leicester with all those games they're expected to win can you get the one nils when it, when it kind of happens you know well, the, and I am talking about them in the title race by the way the, I love this part of the season there's always one <laughs> <isn't there? laughs> like when you were predicting West Brom for a tilt at the top four because they put a good run together once. We've we've moved on from. Oh, that was a long. We've time moved on ago, from yeah. Villa being up for for the for the title. I never it? said anyway, that. I, I think never we said moved Villa. on from Southampton now as well. Wasn't that was like two days ago? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, d- I, I didn't say that either. I said maybe fourth. Well, uh, after a Fulham clean sheet, I think the sky's the limit. But yeah, we'll, okay, we'll okay, come okay, to that okay, in a minute, right, won't we? But yeah, I I think if you if you're making that comparison with Ranieri's Leicester as people did at the start of last season mm-hmm. when they were saying or, or the first half of last season I should say when people were suggesting that if Leicester were to make the top four mm-hmm. in 
a post-Leicester championship environment, that would be almost as much of an achievement as the title win. And I would would agree with that. Yeah, and given the fact that just everyone imploded Mm -hmm. in that Leicester season, all the the big boys imploded and they re-upped afterwards to kind of try and make sure that didn't happen again. That was so bad, Arsenal finished second. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, that was the, that was the line, wasn't it? You know, only Spurs could finish third in a two-horse mm. race. You know? But I, I think even when you you look at that, you make that comparison. I just, I just feel that there's, there's absolutely no dispute that Rogers Leicester are much more entertaining than Ranieri's Leicester. Well, Ranieri's they're, Leicester, they're terrific to watch. Ranieri's Leicester at a start. I mean, it seems sort of pointless to compare, but but let's do it. Um, they were at the start of the season they would always kind of like come back wouldn't they they're a bit sort of swashbuckling yeah. and then they found themselves actually that, I mean that's to diminish obviously what, what he did but there, there were elements of that at the start and then they sort of grew into the season and they grew into their position and then of course when they got themselves in that magnificent position they, they did attack teams going away to Man City and winning was it 3-1 they were brilliant in that, that, that game in particular uh, and then of course it was kind of like oh crap we are top of the, we're still top of the league and we're now in like February March time so okay how do we? And then it was all the sort of the one nils. But this is a very different side. But Rogers talking about Rogers Leicester now. You know they would have been disappointed, Jim, that they didn't finish in the top four last yeah. season. It felt like a little bit of a like like a slight disappointment, really. Oh yeah, because despite a great away, season. Yeah. yeah, I mean obviously the the, the um, circumstances. Um, we're not ideal for anyone having that long break. But like, can you imagine someone putting to Rogers like, "What do you want from this season?" And going forty points. 40 points <laughs> like that would that would be absolutely laughable yeah, it? Which shows you sort of, yeah and not unreasonably at the time do you know what he's like, saying it became now? a bit of a joke what do you want gold medal yeah exactly but, that, <laughs> but that's it isn't it shows you the position Leicester are in now and the context mm. of Leicester themselves is a lot different and yeah, yeah I think um, th- th- there is a, is a good argument that this is a is a better team when you look at the fact that the, what happened with, List, with Leicester was like a lightning strike mm. wasn't it was yeah, like I was that, like, that, that, absolutely nobody, yeah. it's hard to sort of like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. rationalise that yes. in a lot of ways and I think he is a very very tactically astute manager mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers as shown by the fact when they were under the cosh he brings on Madison and Under. And it's those players that link up with Vardy for the third goal. And, oh, what a third goal! Did Under win the penalty as well? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, they were remember. they were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. That that ball from Madison yeah. and the little dink, little did he mean delicate that? dink from Under? Was he was he shooting or I was think, he crossing? I, I mean, I really, crossing. I think he meant it. I really wanted yeah. him to to have meant it because it was a beautiful yeah, goal. It didn't cross my mind that he didn't mean it. Yeah. Well, they, okay. Well, that Jim Campbell has spoken, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, I'm a lot like a Rigo Saki in yeah. my knowledge of the game, despite not having played it. But you do sit on the dubious assists panel, don't uh, yeah, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the dubious panel. Yes. <laughs> um, it was. It was. A lot, I mean, Madison's much was made about his, you know, involvement in that goal. But I mean, it, it is that perfect play for that. And sort of, if you find yourself, I know there's not too many archetypal number tens these days. But you know, you can find yourself in that position, Andy. The way he turns. Like he does that. That is a lesson to us all, let alone just the youngsters, Andy. And they've missed him for a very long time as yeah. well. Um, so to to have him come back and be important again is is, is a huge. Mm. And he it. was the one failed at the, for the penalty. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can overlook that at the, at the back end of last season when he, he wasn't available for, for for large parts of it, and that's a huge problem to them. Mm-hmm. I think any team missing a player like him mm-hmm. is tough because there are so few players like him. Um, but especially for for Leicester, who. You know, are upwardly mobile, have have built exceptionally well, and I think that's the thing. A bit like, or well, more so than 
Pearson for Ranieri, the club set the table for Rogers. Mm. So when he got there, they were they were ready to go. You know, he benefited from how well run they'd been, the good recruitment mm-hmm. of, of of recent times, and that when he get there got there, and they were they were ready to to take off under under him. Um, but I, I think as, as as well, you you have to look at the fact that um, Cengiz Under is someone who's who's going to do very well for them. underrated signing you say maybe un- yeah, he's gone under and, the radar already. and yeah i think so and with with reason because um he came out of a very good academy in in, in turkey altonordu um he was good at bayeksha here he started off like a train at roma yeah. and then there was just this sort of dip mm. which i think has really allowed Leicester to get him basically mm. uh, you know it, it it feels like a a good signing but it feels like Someone they need to work on. That's, and, the, they're, that's they're, when to sign somebody when they're yeah. having a, when they when their stocks down. I suppose. Yeah, and they're, they're, but when you know, but when you know they've got quality, and, and they're they're blooding him in gradually. Mm. I, th- I think, which is something that Leicester are very good at. If you go back and look at um, Chalasso and Jew as well, he's he's another one. You know, there was that mm. kind of handover between him and Harry Maguire, which I think shows you about Leicester's planning and Leicester's succession planning yeah. very well. But um, to see that little click between. Under and Vardy already very yeah. promising. Also, as well, the fact they got so much money for for Maguire um, is still standing them in good stead now because people know that if they want to sign someone from Leicester, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Levy was very good at, uh, at that with Spurs. Like yeah. people hated dealing with Levy, and it helped them hang on to their players. And yeah. Leicester have, have um, you know fostered a similar environment there. I think Leicester, you're right because obviously Leicester the, the Harry Maguire money. But then, do you not think they go? Come on, we're Leicester. Didn't you sell Maguire and win the title recently? Come on, really? Did you really believe all that yeah. stuff happened? Fake yeah, you're news. right. You're okay. Yeah, take five million <laughs> off the price. Um, Rogers has said that uh, if we get to March, April, and we are in that position, second, which they currently are, then it will be nice. But there is a long way to go. Do you, do you remember when uh, Ranieri had uh, Andrea Bocelli? Was it? Mm. Yes. Who's Rogers going to get? Van Morrison? I hope not. <laughs> After his recent a little bit of blackout. Uh, Fergal Sharkey from the Undertones. Love it. Teenage kicks. Yeah. Yeah, right through the season. In. Of course, his most prominent moment after that was um, <laughs> being referred to as uh, Shergal Farkey by a drunk Rodney Trotter in Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> he also, didn't he become like a sort of like Rick Astley style singer after the undertones as well, Fergal Sharkey? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit more Rogers, I think. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Leicester in the league. Rogers Fergal there. Sharkey. Teenage <laughs> kicks right <laughs> I can, Marcus. That's the thing. I absolutely can. If you bit don't... Bit of the Phil Browns. Yeah, if you don't want that to happen, then up yours, because that would be absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good. Uh, what about what about Leeds United, Jim? You, we're not, I mean, they're shipping four goals is not great. They've, 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 they've shipped a few here there, and there, but I mean, of course... With Leeds, they look like their Premier League. They re- oh yeah, they absolutely do, don't they? I think they were they were undone a bit by the mentally undone a little bit by how early they conceded there. But I can't mm. imagine that's going to happen too often. And it's just what's so impressive about them. Luke sent a graphic around last night on, on WhatsApp as we were all sort of like remotely watching this together mm-hmm. um, about their their fitness and their their just commitment to everything. They they're, they are top of the stats for sort of pretty much everything mm-hmm. fitness and running related. For now, and Jim. For now, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Bielsa's no mug, is he? He knows how to maintain these sort of things or to at least, yeah. like, spread out. He'll know not to burn his team out this early. You, he's, you he's say that. Enough. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Can could, you teach an old Bielsa new tricks? Mm. Could there be any team that benefited more from lockdown than Bielsa's lead? 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I did. I, it, some of the stuff in translation uh, with Beals obviously gets a little bit lost, but I, lo- I love the, the the more literal translations of the, sort of the beautiful way he speaks, saying, I didn't distribute the players properly on the pitch. I love that sort of distribution, yeah. you know. You know what he means, but it's such a, it's such a lovely mm. way of sort of, uh, of, of, of having it in English. Uh, gentlemen, can we talk about Fulham? Yeah. Go on then. Oh my goodness! It was a good win. Did you uh, did you pay for the game? <laughs> did I bollocks? <laughs> Every Fulham game is on bloody pay per view. Of it is. And they, let's be honest, they yeah. are. I mean, box they office, sh- aren't they? They struggle to fill the stadium. Like <laughs> quite in- literally, they are box office. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time that's ever been true, isn't it? Up yours and all. <laughs> good goals. We only score good goals. Yeah, and that's why you're going down. Uh, well, I don't know. Three points off Man United. How true. much? How much would you pay for? A- I'll let in a goal like that. Well, it was priceless. That's the question. You couldn't put a price on it. It What a finish it was. I actually think, joking aside, if Fulham can just play other teams who are struggling to adapt to the Premier League, it might be all right. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So snarky. Just because Arsenal are safe for another season. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a huge win for Fulham, especially yeah. this game. I mean, it was. And a good win, too. It was a good win. I mean, rode their luck a couple of times, obviously. Um, but, but Andy, you know, it, it was fairly convincing in the end. You know, they, 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 they got their two goals. They took. Well, one of the, I mean, you wouldn't say the second one was a chance, you know, no. in, in the expected goals, it would be harsh if that was, uh, was put in that bracket, but they, but they took their chances. They rode their luck. West Brom missed a glorious chance um, when Fulham and they, they remembered they're quite a polite club and said, oh, sorry, we should give you a chance. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and fortunately West Brom, it, it was put wide, <clears throat> but Parker will be very pleased with that. And there's been a bit of a sea change at Fulham. In the early stages of the season, they looked terrible. They looked so disorganized. Like it, it was, I mean, I remember, you know, even I said it, I was like, bloody hell, Derby County thinking, could someone take our unwanted record from us, you know? But the game, you know, because you remember Brentford in the in the League Cup, was it? I mean, it's 3-0. Yeah. It, was, it was embarrassing. Um, but when they went to, I think it was a game against Wolves. They went away to Wolves. They lost 1-0. Missed a chance late on for, for, for one all. Wolves didn't really create a lot in the first half of that particularly, did they? No, they didn't. No. And I know Wolves weren't going through a great spell then. They've sort of picked it up a bit since then. But it was that game I thought, oh, hang on a minute. There's something here. Then there was... The, there was a, there it's was the first a... game in which Fulham looked really organised, wasn't it? Exactly. And I, I think that is... I agree. I think that's a big turning point. And they look organised in... In this mm. and um, Sheffield United, I know Sheffield United missed one or two chances early on, but yeah. but ultimately, when you when you look at the game in stages, it's one all. Mitrovic has got a free header seven or eight yards out with an injury time. I mean, that could have been a win. I think even if if you're Scott Parker, I'm not even convinced that detail is important. Mm. I, I think, but the fact is, it was a point away from home. They yeah. looked organ- again. They looked like they. I, I think could the, compete. the fact that they have looked like a a, a proper team for mm. a few weeks now is really important, and especially when you consider that last time in the Premier League they really struggled to bed in new signings. Mm-hmm. All those new signings have started to make a contribution, and I, I think that's really important. Well, I the mean, back five, the, the keeper and back four, were all new signings this year. Yeah, and the, the the team now, the team that beat West Brom, mm-hmm. is very different personnel wise to the one that actually started the, mm-hmm. the 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 season. So that's a step on for them. You know, I'm not going to say they're going to stay up or anything like that, but it's it's a good start. And if you're them, you need to be building these sort of mini runs. And building positivity and building strength from from that. But, you know, a lot of these new players chipped in. 
Joachim Anderson, I'm prepared to admit. Well, Andy, we had a, we had a, you and I had a tweet from a chap called Chris saying, I hear Joachim Anderson is dedicating that clean sheet on his debut to Andy Brassel. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Tom Kearney very nearly scored another beauty, didn't he? Oh, Jim, that would have been such a... Wouldn't it? And it was, it's funny because the clearance <laughs> off the line was a thing of beauty as well, but uh, the goal would have been better, wouldn't it? It would the have goal. been. I'm surprised Decker Dover Reed, who's... who's Chipped him with, with a couple of goals already yeah. this season. I'm sort of surprised. He, I mean, I know he lashed it. Handball? It's a funny one. Though, I think it's a handball. I thought that should have been a penalty. Because it's, I, I know that it, you know, I guess this is taking issue with the rule and the sort of nuances of the rule. But like, you can't argue that West Brom haven't gained an advantage there, can you? He started going in, whether he's he meant to or not. He has literally put his hand up to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no other way of looking at it. And yeah. the rule is... Each change, I, I think you really have to hand it to to IFAB. The fact that every change to the handball rule makes it more complicated. It does. It creates the new, last one new grey areas, doesn't it? It's it does. a it's a tough it's a tough thing to do. We're going to be talk- I'm not in charge of doing it. We're going to but- be talking about index fingers and pinkies by the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I long like- fingernails. Get your fingernails long. <laughs> Maybe the future is just like it's down to the interpretation of each referee. So everyone's looking at the team sheet going, they're not even they're not even looking at who like Man City have got in their midfield. They're looking it's at like, the referee. It's Mike Dean. We're screwed. We're absolutely screwed. No tackles. Yeah. Don't put in a tackle today. Just block. That's all we've got to do. But I, t- I mean, it's just as well Fulham were 2-0 up because it didn't me- make any difference. No. If that game's poised and that happens, oh, I'm going to be angry, Andy. That's yeah. what I'm going to be. But of course, it was a, a nice 2-0 victory anyway. It was. But it, a, a win makes such a difference. You know, they're, 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 they're 17th now and very much would take that coming in this season. Um, but, but Parker, he, he said um, there's been a lot of narrative around us because of the money we spent last time, but there has been a single-mindedness about us this season. Defeats are going to happen, but they can't bury us. And you do think with Parker, I know sometimes he looks like he's going to burst into tears, Jim, in post-match interviews. He does, but, he? but some of the stuff he's saying, it's kind of like, right, let's stay focused, let's stay level-headed. And and they could have panicked after those first few games of the season. Mm. I mean, I was panicking. Um, but but he, he does sometimes have an air of calm calm about him well, yeah. he always has an air of calm yeah absolutely I mean he and he he has to have that doesn't he because he's, mm. he's got to translate that to his players because the problem is you know they were they were so bad when they went down a couple of seasons ago mm. and it was that almost seems unfair it's they, they weren't quite ready to be in the league were mm. they and like the, the plan that was enacted with signing all those players didn't quite work they are haunted by that you mm-hmm. can see that and there's been a lot of talk about how they're not they've not learned from the mistakes of that so it's it's, it's on Parker to fix that because mm. it seems like you know he's not getting help from within the structure of the club that he needs in that. So he's he's got a he's got to lead by example, isn't he? And that's he's a lot doing on that. a young manager, isn't it? It really is. Well, yeah. it is. But but compare his post match interviews when they when they were beat to say Slavin Bilic's mm. last night. Bilic looked, you know, he, he looked gutted. He really did, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, really, he was, you know, I mean, again, how much does a post match interview really matter in the grand scheme of things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, you, you, I mean, West Brom are one of those sides, Andy, that, you, you know, if you, you'd be concerned. I mean, look, it's only a win for Fulham, you know. Fulham fans will still be concerned, of course, in the, in, in, in the season when they look at it as a whole. But West Brom... Oh, I think it's I think it's huge because I think you look at this game mm. from, from the off and it had a feeling of, like, win or go home, which yeah. is ridiculous, really, yeah. half a dozen games into the season. Of course. But it, it did feel like that with how badly these two teams have, have, mm-hmm. have started. And now everyone will be... Looking at West Brom, um, we've we've talked about how Bilic has been unhappy with a few things as as, as well in the last couple of weeks. It's something we've talked about on here, and I think people will be watching him very closely over the over the next little while to to, mm. to see how it progresses. I mean, 
I, th- I think he's the, he's the favourite to be the first coach to go at the moment, isn't yeah. he? Mm. Uh, well, they'll always catch it. They'll always catch the eye with that uh, away kit of theirs, Andy, won't they? It's a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's have a quick break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Wrestle Me is a show where two men watch every WrestleMania from 1 to 37, unpicking the multicolored threads that tie it all together. I think it's slightly something to do with the fact that Americans don't really like cell phones, do they? Right. I think they've all got basic ones, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's a big shout. It is a big shout, but I mean, there is something funny about it, like text messaging never took off in the States. What? I'm da- Come on now. Never been big. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're a lapsed fan or someone who doesn't give a flying laureate about it, there's something for everyone. If you can get a crowd to boo you for kicking a fabulous ladder. Fabulous ladder. And the crowd are booing. Yeah. And get just, off that lovely ladder we've just learned about. It's a beautiful polysexual it's ladder. A, it's a beautiful handbear shabby shit yeah. creation. If you climb up to it, ecstasy can be found at the top. Listen via Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Wrestle Me is a Stakano production. I'm quite a placid guy. aren't we all aren't we all ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the football ramble now you lucky things it's time for this Well done to Jack Byrne. 
He is one of those lucky people who's getting his email read out by me. Uh, hi, Ramblers. Over decade-long listener. Oh, God bless you, Jack. Uh, first-time emailer here who felt compelled to finally get involved due to the mere mention of my beloved League of Ireland on the show and the email about the unimpressed commentator's description of a misplaced pass as yellow snow stuff. Such examples of the weird and wonderful have been a frequent, a frequent occurrence across the league down the years and are as much as a reason for fans' love for it as the relatable level of football often on display. <laughs> so much uh, that the definitely not ironic title of the greatest league in the world <laughs> hashtag was bestowed upon it by fans and has been used since. Such examples of uh, wonderful stuff from the League of Ireland include Waterford Town starting a game against UCD with 10 men because one of their players was stuck in traffic. After five minutes, with no sign of said player, they subbed on a man for the absentee. What? Start him! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe there's... I, I suppose <laughs> they maybe have the rules about, you know, an hour before kickoff, you've got to get the... T- I don't know. Um, but anyway, the, he was subbed on. Um, but, of course, the man who was uh, stuck in traffic, they subsequently weren't allowed to bring on in the second half because, according to the referee, he hadn't been in the ground at kickoff. So that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a lesson for everybody that's there. that's a rule. Um, Alan Byrne of Bohemians forgetting to bring his shirt to a game, so he had to borrow one from a fan in the crowd. That is brilliant. <laughs> love that. Imagine, like, Timo Werner's got to bring his own kit. <laughs> like, love it. But then, but then, of course, getting one from a fan in the crowd. Yeah, perfect. I'd love it if the fan had Byrne, you know, whatever his number was <laughs> in the back as well. You'll do. I, I like the thought of uh, Timo Werner borrowing one from a man in his 50s mm, who's, yeah. um, you know... Uh, oversized. Seen a bit of life, <laughs> let's say. Eating a bit of life. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, uh, Jack goes on to say, my beloved St. Patrick's Athletic drawing IBV of Iceland in 2012 Europa League um, qualifier uh, and having to ask supporters to kindly give up the rooms they had booked in the only hotel on the small island off the mainland that the game would be hosted at as otherwise there would be no way the team would be able to stay together on the trip. <laughs> Oh dear! Where did they go? Yeah, well, it was just, as it says, a small island off the coast of the mainland of Iceland. So there's only one hotel in the. No, that's what oh, I mean, where did the where fans did the go? Displaced fans go. Well, I don't know. Mm. All in the same room, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Iceland's very flat. I think it would be fine for camping. It's quite cold. Though, I was about isn't it? to no, say. No, but we're, we're talking. About, we're, come on, fellas. We're talking about a Europa League qualifier that summer, which is always yeah. roasting in Iceland, True. isn't it? True. Somewhere in Iceland, it'd be nice. Okay, maybe. Just don't pitch on a geezer and you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe. Oi, don't pitch on a geezer. <laughs> it's near enough one that it's warm, right? <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to get that just right. Yeah. Safety you officer really Jim do. Campbell there. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Oh, God. You can pitch next to geezers. Um, Jimmy, you wouldn't last long in that uh, job. So there we are. Thank you very much for your email, Jack Byrne. Mm, Jonathan Rapley's been in touch as well. He says, hello, Ramble, long-time listener, first-time email. A lot of that going around. Mm-hmm. Oh, emailer. Uh, in July t- uh, 2011, I was flying back from Detroit to Malaga, Malaga. via a connection at Paris Ch- uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. As I finally reached my gate, after frantically rushing through the maze that is Charles de Gaulle, I take a seat, only to discover that the person to my right looks very familiar. It was none other than England manager Fabio Capello. Oh, hello. I saw that he was wearing a fancy expensive expensive looking watch which confirmed to me he wasn't the lookalike that was pretty popular at the time imagine that um, I went, are you that lookalike I went up to him and got an autograph and uttered one of the most regrettable sentences I've ever said maybe you should play Stuart Downing now that you're signed for Liverpool oh. he smiled nodded and muttered yes yes as I recall Downing went on to score two goals in 46 games in the following season for Liverpool and in fact did play a handful of games for England perhaps Mr Capello shouldn't have taken this advice from fans um, uh, when meeting them at international airports uh, keep up the good work Ramble love 
love the pod. We love you too. Yeah, we do. My goodness, Capello's England. I just think of that Algeria game, the 2010 World Cup. Oh, mate. My mates and I, we were meant to... I wrote this in the in the forward for the Ramble, but we were meant to go to a friend's birthday party after that. And we were just sat about and we're like, we, we don't have the energy to get up and awful. go to it. Just awful. <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> oh, I did, nice mention for Malaga again though, Andy. Beautiful. Beautiful. The Malaga pod. The Malaga pod. Get it in there. Um, well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. That was the emails. I should say that uh, a lot of you um, got in touch with me regarding the sad death of Sir Sean Connery, of course. Mm. found a story about um, when Gennaro Gattuso was playing for Rangers. Apparently Connery was was trying to convince him to stay. <laughs> when he was there, Gattuso was, was talking about that. Apparently Connery was on the board at Rangers. I always thought, of course, that he should have been on the board at Boca Juniors. <laughs> Um, right, there we are. Let's move on. Give the people what they want. Quite frankly, Jim. <laughs> oh, God. Um, big news uh, in West London um, that Petr Cech is very ready to play for Chelsea. Again, of course, uh, a number of weeks ago, he was put in the Chelsea uh, Premier League squad by Frankie Lampard. Uh, but he's come out and said that, you know, I'm feeling fit, I'm raring to go. Um, what is he, 39? Mm. Not the oldest keeper that's played. It, it, well, he hasn't. Um, played the season of course but he wouldn't be the oldest keeper you think I'm of thinking of the last international break I'm thinking of Bosnia and Ukraine but and... they didn't get a run out though did they no they didn't probably because they couldn't actually get up off the bench once sure, they were sat sure, on I it. should say they didn't get a walk out did they no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, you think of Steve Agrusevic for example yeah big yeah. Johnny Burridge um, it's a very very oh, Brad Friedel how old would have Brad Friedel oh I think, I think Friedel might have played at 40 yeah, yeah. he was operating at a good level Mark Schwarzer as well mm. he did, didn't play sort of that mm. much in the, in the twilight but kept himself in great nick I mean I I feel like having four goalkeepers mm. which they do yes. with, with with Kepa Caballero Czech and obviously Mendy being mm. in there as first first choice does that seem almost paranoid well it's a lot right I mean yes. what happens if like you know, heaven forbid both Mendy and Caballero are in, in, injured. If it's between Czech and Kepper and Czech gets the nod. I mean, that is damning, Andy, because, I mean, he, he's in the 25-man Prem squad. So it's, it's not like it's a 40-man squad. You know, this is... No. I know one could say 25 is quite a lot, but you think about the squad Chelsea have. You know, you would have usually, say, three goalkeepers in there, you would you would think. And Czech is not in there for his drumming skills, is he? Uh, no. And I, I think the interesting thing is... What happens to to, to Kepper from here, as uh, as Jim says? Mm. I mean, does he become the new Jamal Blackman, who's on the books for absolutely ages, mm. but but never plays for Chelsea because they can't get rid of him anywhere? Yeah. And if they did want to get rid of him, never mind the huge loss that there would be in terms of transfer fee. You look at the wages; he's nigh on impossible to get rid of in mm. in this environment. Mm. I mean, you know, what, what can they do? And also, yeah. if they completely ostracise him. That that totally writes off the money. Doesn't oh it? yeah, they, if you could, you, you, if you so did, they've, they've got to, they've got to find this balance yeah. between um, having a goalkeeper who's mm-hmm. going to do a good job for the first team, yeah. and yet basically not binning what is quite an expensive asset. Yeah. It's, it's tough, isn't it? They've, they've got to be careful not to run his value down further as well, haven't they? Yeah, because, totally. I mean, Kepa's not. I mean, it got to a point where it was ridiculous, like where he was just a liability for them, and it's similar. Do you remember? 
you know, the, the the joke on the show has been like he doesn't make saves, which is ridiculous, mm. and it is. But do you remember that, um, Claudio Bravo was in a very similar situation at Man City, where yeah. it was, mm. the stats were like he doesn't actually save the ball, which is really <laughs> really think... strange. But neither of those goalkeepers are like, you know, like. Well, Bravo Ice was a, cream men posing as footballers. Yeah, you know what I mean? Bravo was Barcelona footballers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how this happens, but they've, they've, they've got to somehow get his value up without playing him. That, I mean, that's essentially it. I mean, because it's not a case of you sign Mendy, who again is not the kind of he's not an archetypal number one goalkeeper as we've mentioned on the show and it's not like you're bringing in somebody who is uh you know maybe early 30s but has had a particularly good career or or somebody this is a goalkeeper who has been a number two for a bit so Kepper can feel a little bit like he's you know he has his nose put out of joint there but then when you get Petr Cech coming in as well it's also damning on Willy Caballero because he's mm. obviously got very little faith in him and then Cech starts commenting on Mendy saying yeah obviously he's good but you know he can improve he can do this, that, and the other, and you think, well, hang on a minute here. It seems like the the number one position's up for grabs, but if you are Kepper, you would think, blimey, you would feel quite humbled and humiliated. And I, I think the thing is with with Mandy is his his checks pick. That, that, that's the thing we have to point out, right? Because he's come from Ren, um, where. Um, Czech has a very long relationship mm-hmm. with them. Of course, came from there himself. Mm-hmm. Well, they're brought, playing Ren brought, in the Champions brought, League. This, yeah, he uh, this brought week. his he brought his goalkeeping coach Christophe Lollichon with him in, the, in in the first place, and he's never sort of taken his eye away from there. So there's never been any suggestion that Czech hasn't had a huge hand in mm-hmm. Mandy signing. And I, I sort of think from, I guess from both a Chelsea and actually probably a Kepa perspective, I think that the best way you can look at it is Czech being there mm-hmm. actually in the squad is going to help Mandy. It's, it's going to help Is it going to help Kepa? Um, well, I, th- I think... In the, theory... I think uh, the signing of the, the signing of Mandy kind of helps him in a, in a way, as, as we said, because it's not like they've gone out and spent okay. another 80 million on a goalkeeper yeah. who you're never going to get mm-hmm. past. You know, there is a sense that there's been competition, you know, it's, it's competition mm-hmm. as much as it is replacement. And the the fact is, it's, it's going to be a long road back for, for Kepper. I don't think anyone can be in any doubt about that. But on the other hand, um, Mundy, who's responded brilliantly, he's been, yeah. he's been amazing since he's, he's arrived. Clean sheets galore. It's, it's not completely insurmountable for Kepper to get to a point where he competes with him and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe gets another Well, goal. I think that's what everybody wants at Chelsea, yeah. surely. Yeah. Surely, um, but what I mentioned—I mentioned the clean sheets there. I mean, Chelsea, you know, just a little mention on that. You know, they've turned it around quite a lot, mm. haven't they? I mean, they, they were—they were shipping goals. People saying, "Oh, they can't uh, defend and all the rest of it." But Lampard is turning them, turning them round in that department. Seems seemingly or Mandi and Thiago Silva. Are. I think yeah, well, that, that's, that's they've made signed a, them though. They, you yeah, know, that's they, made a they huge, take credit. That's made a huge difference, I, I think. And mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a little bit of confidence has has gone a long way. But I think the the great thing with Thiago Silva, who obviously wasn't fit enough certainly mm-hmm. at first, him getting up to speed really quickly is is something that's part of his makeup. We had I a mean, rude awakening at West Brom with that mistake. Yeah, <laughs> ab- absolutely. But you know, a, a mistake like that can can happen to anyone. Can happen to any yeah. footballer in, in in the world. And I just think with him he's so able to get into match condition quickly and he's mm-hmm. proved that throughout his career when he's he's been out through injury to come back with very little training and played in big matches and and, and done it um 
you know, I, I would have backed Thiago Silva to to do that, and his start's been really promising. Mm, there we are, um, gentlemen. Uh, let's turn our attention to uh, a game this evening. Of course, we've got Champions League, but we're not talking talking about that. Oh, Tosh, Andy, Wimbledon. You, you're borrowing me. For, oh, I was going to say you're borrowing me from talking about Atalanta versus Liverpool. But if it's Wimbledon, it's fine. It's fine. Come on, Come AFC on. Wimbledon <laughs> tonight, ladies and gentlemen. They return to Plough Lane for the first time in thirty years. Something like that. Yeah, twenty nine. Twenty nine years. Yeah. Um, for those who are unaware of this, this sort of uh, history and legacy, I mean, I'm sure a lot of football fans will be aware of this, but this is huge. Mm. And you're an AFC Wimbledon fan as well, so it's yeah. absolutely massive, you know. Um, and you're going tonight as well. We, I've no doubt we'll, we'll sort of mention it uh, tomorrow. But this, talk about the romance of football and so on and so forth. I know the fans aren't going to be there. And Ivor Heller, um, one of the guys who's uh, one of the big wigs. Yeah, commercial director. Yeah. Commercial director um, said, you know, the, the stadium won't be fully open until the fans are there. You, you do understand yeah. it. But the fact is, AFC Wimbledon are going to be playing back at Plough Lane tonight. Yeah. Glorious. And it is it is regrettable that the, the, the fans aren't going to be there. It's, it's, it's sad. Um because the fans have, have have put the club there, you know, you know, they've sure. they've, they've helped create the club and they've helped raise the money when there was an eleven million pound shortfall. For a moment, I thought you said Dave helped create the club there. It's like this is on one specific fan, isn't it? <laughs> one, one super fan. No, the TV we're, we're, we're all Dave. called Dave, actually. <laughs> but but surely those fans, though, yes, it's 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 a great shame they're not going to be there. But that's obviously taken out of everybody's hands. We've waited twenty nine years. Yeah, but, we, we can wait a few more months. Well, this is Liverpool esque with yeah. the title, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that yes, the fans won't be there for the parade but you know they'll but will they not find some consolation Andy that you AFC Wimbledon's most famous supporting fan off the top of my head is going to be in the stadium well, thanks for drawing that target on my back I really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah if I do make it there <laughs> um, it, it'll be a special moment not as special as as, as if it was full but um, just to see the team back home and to know that the fans have brought mm. the team back home, it's, it's, it's pretty it's been fantastic. It's such a long journey. Yeah, it, it, re- it really has. And of course, the, f- the first couple of weeks of this season, while they've been getting Plough Lane in serviceable condition, we've been sharing at QPR, which sent a little shiver down my spine because, mm. of course, when Wimbledon, the reason Wimbledon was so vulnerable in the first place is because they came up the league so quickly. So we're essentially playing in the top flight from... 1986 in mm-hmm. in what was a, a non-league ground so my first couple of years of supporting Wimbledon it was all about fighting off potential mergers with <clears throat> Crystal Palace and Queen's Park Rangers mm. so seeing a Wimbledon team play at Loftus Road while I'm very grateful for QPR's hospitality yeah. did make me think a bit whoa yeah. what could have been what a strange situation as well I, I can't even fathom mm. the idea that like <clears throat> some other club might try and absorb you it's mm. pretty unique it is concern isn't it yeah, it it is, and so out of kilter with uh, with with English football. And I, I think what Wimbledon have have been through, and are, are hopefully coming to the end of. Of course, they've they've got a long way to build from here. Is a reminder of, you know, we've always said it could be your club. You know, there there, there are mm-hmm. unscrupulous people, unfortunately, in charge of a lot of clubs. And I think particularly when you look at the financial vulnerability of a lot of clubs in the situation that we're in in the world at the moment. It needs to be a little reminder, yes, that fans can do it. Yes, that fans can get together and work collectively and, and do things that no one believed they could do. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also a little reminder that, you know, 
clubs are susceptible to vultures and I think we've got to be really careful about that at the moment mm -hmm. and so do the security when you turn up Andy tonight <laughs> um, but there is a bit of romance in football still love that absolutely love that um, I also love this talking to robots of football um, a chap called Sam tweeted me Applewell Micosia with Mick nice. McCall getting the job there. Well, Michael's here. Yeah, I know they talked about it yesterday, <laughs> but my goodness, I had to get my mensch. Um, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to uh, the Football Ramble. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been such a steaming success today, ladies and gentlemen. I know you all agree that on tomorrow, it's the same again. Yep. Jim, Andy and I will be back to talk about AFC Wimbledon only. That's all we're going to do. I'm in. I, I thought that, that's what was stipulated in your contract. We needed yeah, to get you, Andy. Exactly. Uh, but we may talk about uh, the Champions League happenings as well, if you're lucky. Thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you all tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.